Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Meraki Unboxed podcast. My name is Tanner, and I'll be your host for this episode. So, coming out of Cisco Live, there's one thing on a lot of people's minds, and that is Unified Secure Access Service Edge, or SASE. Time of hybrid and remote work, SASE is here to converge networking and security to deliver seamless, secure access from anywhere that you work. So there's a lot of people that don't know exactly what SASE is, but it just so happens that I have an expert guest here on the call with me. And it is with great pleasure that I introduce author of one of our most recent blogs, Simplifying Experiences with a Platform Approach to SASE, and Cisco Meraki's VP of Product Management for SASE, Omri Gelfand. Omri, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Tanner. Pleasure to be here. So, Omri, tell us a little bit about your time here at Meraki. Um, so, a little bit of my background. So, I've, I've been at Meraki since 2017, so a little over uh, six, six years now. Um, and I've had held various product-related roles at Meraki, leading really to uh, the role that I'm doing today, uh, which is respond being responsible for SASE and really bringing uh, more elements out of the Cisco portfolio in a way that converges it with the capabilities that we have on the Meraki platform. And this is really what we're building with our unified SASE offer, which we'll probably spend a bit more time to uh, to talk to talk about and do a bit of a deep dive on. And we're definitely looking forward to hearing a lot about that. I know that I am, especially being on the, the MX product team, very much looking forward to seeing more about Secure Connect and SASE. So let's get into it and do a little bit, deep, little bit of a deep dive here. So straight into the questions, Omri, why is SASE important for organizations and how does it help make IT teams jobs easier? What kind of challenges does it address? And what uh, what outcomes does it help deliver? Great, I think it's a great opening question. Uh, so before talking about what SASE solves, I think it's important to to talk about today's um, reality and the and the IT environment because that is one of the key drivers that led to the more pervasive adoption of of SASE. Um, a lot of the uh, world today is really affected by the cloud um, revolution that we experienced many, many years ago in compute, then in storage, and now it's starting to make its way to networking and security. Uh, but one of the key things that uh, we see today when we talk to many of our customers is that their environment is, is significantly more complex to manage and operate in a consistent, in a controllable way because of the fact that uh, we are now living in a very hyper-distributed environment. Uh, it started with really the initial adoption of cloud-based uh, technologies that affected a, and, and created a migration of certain applications outside of the four walls of the data center. And today, we actually see a pretty significant and pervasive use of cloud-based technologies. Some of it is, is hosted in, in public cloud. Some of it is hosted in in private cloud, some of the applications are consumed as SaaS applications. So essentially applications are now uh, you know, no longer exist and confined to the four walls of the data center. 
add to that also the fact that um, three years ago uh, we we did experience a global pandemic, which really changed uh, <laughs> the way that we work. And users now yeah. uh, migrated outside of their offices. And today we live in a hybrid work reality. So users essentially can be anywhere. Applications can be anywhere. And with also the the uh, uh, say growing adoption of various edge technologies, there's a lot of things that need to be connected and secured, and that's where really the solutions of 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 let's say the the old world uh, are not sufficient. You know, first of all, from a mm -hmm. uh, scaling perspective, from a knowledge perspective, it is extremely difficult to keep up with managing this hyper distributed environment. Let alone adding security uh, elements to it and making sure that the organization is secured. In the past, our traditional security perimeter was confined to your data center and your organization, and it was very easy to protect that. Now being hyper-distributed and also exposed, you know, in many cases to uh, traffic that goes over the public internet, which becomes an, an element of your corporate network, uh, you need to have solutions that uh, allow you to manage that uh, that environment. And this is where SASE uh, became one of the, I would say, more dominant architectures and frameworks that are geared and catered to address how we can effectively and securely connect users to applications anywhere users or applications are. And that's really the core say, outcome that, that SASE is initially intended to deliver. But as we expand and build that uh, narrative of connecting users to, to applications, it's really about connecting different uh, users or consumers to resources. And the resources can be anywhere and, and, and the consumers of the resources can be anywhere. So we do need to look more expansively beyond just users and applications into how organizations work. Yeah, I agree. The introduction of COVID and the hybrid work environment definitely brought around a different way of working. And I think the cloud truly did facilitate that. And it's really cool to see how things are switching towards the cloud and including SASE. Um, so it'll be really, really interesting to see how Meraki adapts to that and how we continue to make it easier for our customers. So moving on to the next question, what are some of the key technology components of networking and security as we talk about SASE convergence? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, there's a, you know, we, we wanna go first of all, maybe to the original definition of SASE as coined by Gartner in 2019. Uh, you know, effectively SASE represents a, a functional convergence and a vendor and a consolidation play. Uh, but as we look at the original definition of SASE, it really brought two elements together. It brought a set of networking capabilities, which really boil down to, you know, having a software-defined WAN, an SD-WAN solution that connects with a convergence of four key security functions in the cloud. Those four key security functions in the cloud include include uh, secure web gateways include firewall or, or firewall as a service delivered from the cloud. It includes a CASB, a cloud access service broker to control you know, access to uh, SaaS applications. And the fourth component that's part of the core definition of uh, the security side of, of SASE is ZTNA, Zero Trust Network Access, which focuses primarily on allowing remote, connecti remote private app connectivity. So those were the four security components that were part of the core definition together with SD-WAN on the networking side. The four 
uh, uh, security functions that came together, came into a term that is referred to in the industry as SSE, Secure Service Edge, which is, again, that consolidation of security functions. Now, as things evolved and as the, the framework matured, there's more and more security capabilities that are now added to the typical uh, SSD, the, secu the cloud security stack. And that includes functions like um, uh, data loss prevention, remote browser isolation, you know, more encryption, decryption capabilities. You know, so there's a set of broader security capabilities that are converging into a, a, an SSD, security service edge. And on the networking side, there is now an, a, a more expanded view beyond just SD-WAN looking at uh, of course, core uh, capabilities that are part of SD-WAN, like WAN optimization, like making sure that we have quality of service, you know, more intelligent routing. Uh, but it's also about you know bringing more network uh, capabilities to ensure that uh, we can more effectively connect different uh, users, places, and things to their resources that they need to access. And that's really that consolidation play that happens within SASE. Just maybe to summarize, we touched on the four. Uh, on the five components of SASE, which is SD-WAN, SWG, Secure Web Gateway, Firewall as a Service, CASB, and ZTNA. Those are the five core ones. Mm -hmm. But as I mentioned, you know, more and more functions are being utilized in a common framework that describes SASE. All things that used to be stuck within the four walls of the data center now moving towards the cloud. And more than that, I think, you know, beyond being stuck in the four walls of the data center, what we, we typically saw as we look at, um, at different uh, customer environments, we, we see almost a, uh, call it hodgepodge of different point uh, products that uh, are utilized because of, you know, organizations looking for really best of breed solutions to secure their premise. Uh, those you know, represent a, a challenging environment to to try and bring consistency into because you know these point products have typically little to no integration between them. So it it makes it very difficult to take all of those existing you know multi vendor you know plethora of tools that are available and try to apply them to SASE. And that's why really that shift to think of a more cloud based operating model, cloud cloud based definition allows you to to embrace a more modernized way of doing it but while while doing that one of the other things that customers really care about is to ensure that they can actually leverage their existing investments where we're applicable mm -hmm. and i'm actually very glad that you brought up customers and their vendors so that actually leads us right into the next question what are the differences between dual vendor, single vendor, modular, and unified SASE, and like what is recommended as the best approach to SASE? Uh, excellent question, and I think very, very timely. Uh, so I'll start maybe by answering the, the last part of the question, what is the best approach? Uh, the, be the best approach at a high level, and we'll talk about that journey, is to start that journey to SASE. It's not a, you know, one big swing that gets you into SASE necessarily. It's a journey. Start the journey with, you know, knowing what you're looking to solve and where you're at. Uh, that is to me the best way to to get to SASE. Now, you mentioned a couple of different terms. You know, you mentioned unified, modular, you mentioned multi-vendor, single vendor, uh, dual vendor. I, I think this is where there's a lot of uh, confusion in the market. So I'll try to maybe make some sense into it. Um, the, you know, we did talk a little bit about the the fact that 
organizations have a lot of different tools. That's what we call maybe the multi-vendor environment. That is an environment that's really difficult to bring together you know, some normalization and, and, and deliver the outcomes of SASE. And because of that, we're seeing customers starting to take an approach in which they're looking at SASE as a modular solution. One set of you know, capabilities around security. And we did talk about SSC being that convergence of security functions. And another set of capabilities that are on the networking side, that's where we typically see the SD-WAN and other networking capabilities. Now those can come from two different vendors that are well integrated together. That's what we call the dual vendor modular approach. So two different components that are integrated together. It can also come from a single vendor. Uh, it can come from one vendor and, and that has both elements in their portfolio. And by definition, you know, the expectation is that the integration there between those two network and, and, and security components would be better, would be more, it would be deeper. And that also, you know, is, 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 you know, touching this implementation method. So whether you're taking it from one vendor or two different vendors, the implementation method is to look at each one of those capabilities, the networking stack, the security stack, and integrate them together. That's a modular approach. It's an implementation type. Whereas in a single vendor context, because you have all the capabilities, you, there's also the opportunity to do more than just integrate the two components and have a modular solution, but rather bring it all together into one consistent implementation with one common set of objects and elements that really go seamlessly between cloud and premise, between the network side, between the security side. And that's where the unified SASE really kicks in. And it's more of an implementation choice, an implementation method rather than how you buy it, but you, it typically would require you to have everything from a single vendor. Hopefully that made uh, a bit of sense on multi-vendor, dual vendor, single vendor type of yeah. you know, uh, angle, as well as the implementation type, whether it's, whether it's modular or unified. And I think it did, but so it definitely sounds like there's a lot of different approaches to SASE, and that is very dependent on the customer. So, in your mind, what does the ideal path to SASE look like? How will these customers know which journey is going to be best for them to get to SASE? And, and, and I think that 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 is a, an excellent point, and we did touch on it, you know, briefly. It, it really boils down to where you are at as a customer, and there is no one one. I would say journey that is uh, the right journey. It really depends on the type of customer, you know, how the customer is organized, whether they have separate security teams, whether they have separate and, and separate networking teams, you know, NetOps, SecOps, are they coming together? How they're buying? What are the actual, you know, challenges that they're looking to buy and what are the budgets that they have? Uh, the, the idea here is between the spectrum of, you know, a, a multi, a modular approach for SASE and a unified approach to SASE, you know, you really need to first of all assess where you're at. If you if you're if you already went through your WAN transformation and have deployed SD WAN across your environment and are now looking for a um, a security solution in the cloud and SSC set of capabilities, most likely you'll you'll evaluate either the dual vendor or the the, the single vendor approach or potentially even the the modular approach if that's that's viable. Um, uh, however. The starting point for for organizations that are more established 
typically would follow a, a more modular approach because they already have invested in either the security side or the networking side, and they'll evolve towards bringing more of those elements together. That is what we typically see with larger organizations. Smaller organizations that are either born, call it born in the cloud, are more uh, agile. They don't have that mm -hmm. you know, uh, typical bifurcation of security and networking in their organization. Uh, and are looking to really focus on the outcomes and not necessarily on how to do things because they don't have the you know, large IT teams that can really manage all of that flexibility and options are typically looking for a single throw to choke. They're looking for more turnkey solutions and that's where Unified fits much, much more to those type of customers and their preferences. And I think as we look at that spectrum of larger enterprises and, and, and smaller customers, it starts to be very interesting as we see more and more enterprise customers start to bring their teams together because they do understand that having a consistency in operational um, in, in their operational model does allow them to move faster to start solving for uh, the challenges that they have. And it, it, it's, it enables them to start uh, catching up with where the market mm -hmm. is and, and, and starting to really drive more innovation, more velocity into their organization. So we do see that consolidation, that convergence trend starting to, to go and be relevant across all segments. But it's it's still going to take you know, many many years, most likely, until we'll we'll see it uh, really become a very pervasive thing across all segments. And you said that some of these smaller, some of our smaller customers are going to be best suited for unified SASE. Would you say that's that's the case? Definitely best suited towards those smaller IT teams. Yeah, I would say, you know, when, when we think of uh, the teams that would, the, the customer profile that would more, that would be more appreciative into to a very simple outcome driven approach, you know, solution to SASE, which the unified, you know, uh, modern, the unified approach cater, caters for, those would be the smaller customers or the, what we typically describe as the lean IT customers. So usually in customers that we see a very low ratio of IT staff to the number of employees or to the scope of their business, they'll have a much more compelling reason to look for solutions that are focused on getting the job done very, very quickly, effectively focusing on the outcomes and less on how the different options uh, could be utilized more effectively to do you know, one micro optimization here or there. That's where I think we see more uh, receptiveness to a unif to take a unified approach to SASTI, whereas customers that still want to have more flexibility, more what I would call nerd knobs uh, that they want to to optimize with, they'll probably you know lean more towards the modular approach for for SASTI. Uh, you mentioned a unified approach. How does this unified approach to SASTI solve this tool sprawl problem that many organizations find themselves in? Well, the, the unified approach to SASE really you know, tackles this you know, big time because it, you know, with a unified approach to SASE, we are looking at having a single uh, pane of glass that would allow you to essentially manage your entire SASE environment, whether it's on the uh, cloud side, whether it's managing your SD-WAN uh, devices. But as we look at you know, really the benefits and what we can unlock with a unified SASE implementation, it actually allows us to, to start looking at SASE a little 
differently than what it's being used looked at today. Today, most of the implementations rely on running all the security functions in the cloud and using SD-WAN to connect and, and send the traffic to the cloud. With a unified approach, what we, we can really do is to start thinking of your cloud, not just as your cloud footprint, but actually extend those cloud controls all the way to the enterprise uh, edge or to the customer premise. And that essentially you know, changes the, the way that we think of our cloud. Instead of having a, a cloud that we send traffic to, we extend the cloud controls into the customer premise and look at the entire set of capabilities from endpoint to the customer premise equipment to the cloud as a single fabric, as a single cloud that we can control. And that's one of the benefits that we gain also from uh, leveraging the Meraki platform. The Meraki platform is the leading um, cloud management platform. And we're basically augmenting those capabilities by extending the controls that Meraki already has to mm -hmm. the, the uh, different devices and essentially combining that with capabilities that we can deliver in the cloud. So that concept of centralized management with distributed enforcement becomes very, very significant in a unified implementation for SASE, and it actually changes the way that we're even thinking and envisioning this security cloud. It becomes one fabric instead of a cloud that you send traffic to. Fantastic. And good tie back, good tie-in back to Meraki. We love that single plane. We love that single pane of glass here. So Cisco recently announced its new SSE solution, Cisco Secure Access. How will that work with Cisco Plus Secure Connect as part of this unified platform? So I think this is a very, the, the answer is a very simple answer. And sometimes, you know, I love looking at, you know, simple answers to, you know, potentially, you know, complicated problems. The, the answer is, is simple. We talked about SASE being a combination of you know, cloud security services that are delivered through an engine that's called SSD. That is what secure access is. That is essentially the engine that will um, continue to power our SASE solution. So as we launch and as we enable more and more capabilities with Cisco secure access, we essentially enhance the cloud security engine that Secure Connect is, is leveraging. Today, we are relying on the capabilities that uh, are available from Cisco Umbrella. Cisco Umbrella is evolving to a more complete SSD with Cisco Secure Access. And essentially, if you want to think of it in a very simplistic way, we are driving Secure Connect is the SASE car, and we're just upgrading the engine so the car can be faster, can be more effective, can you know drive on, on, on more uh, terrains, but it's essentially a replacement and an upgrade of the engine uh, that will help us drive the SASE outcomes for customers. And who doesn't love an upgraded engine, right? Yep. And the, the, the nice <laughs> thing is that this upgrade, it doesn't change anything in the car. The car would just be faster, have, will have more you know, bells and whistles available, but you know, customers get it as part of this ongoing innovation that we do. This is all done as part of our upgrades to the cloud and the, and the, and the implementation that we do on the back end. Customers just get the benefits of the new capabilities. And I'm sure they will appreciate that quite a bit, but tying that back into Meraki. So what are the benefits of having Cisco Plus Secure Connect powered on the Meraki platform? You've definitely touched on this already, but we want to make sure we tie it all back together. 
Yeah, and, and I think just to, to recap, when we when we really looked at how we can implement a unified sanity approach, we looked at the Meraki platform as that the most scalable network management platform management platform. Uh, and, and that gives us the ability to really harness all the end, the richness of endpoints and information and data that's available through the Meraki platform, combining that with our security capabilities, both at in both in the cloud as well as on premise. That is really the key key tenant. We brought together the two clouds that we have. We have the security cloud, and at the time we had the Meraki cloud, which is and and now we we're bringing that all together into the Cisco networking cloud. So as we bring all of those the two clouds together, the Cisco networking cloud, the Cisco security cloud, into a delivery vehicle for SASE, that's where really we unlock. The capabilities and and again the front end for that on unified SASE is the Meraki platform. So, customers that already manage their and operate their environment, whether it's their SD WAN, whether it's their LAN, whether it's their IoT portfolio on the Meraki platform, don't need to 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 learn new tools and and introduce new operational um, environments for them to to navigate through. They get everything on a single Meraki dashboard. I can guarantee that everything that you're saying is enticing a lot of people to give it a try. I know that I'm definitely going to see if I can bring it into my lab environment. Um, but for those that are interested, how can Meraki customers get started with Unified SASE? Uh, the answer is very simple. It is uh, a mere subscription that you that you add. So uh, the the short answer is contact your Meraki rep, your Cisco rep. Uh, it is a very easy add-on. It is a software subscription that uh, you can subscribe to whether you want to secure your branches if you're a Meraki SD WAN customer and you want to secure your branches with you know a a cloud delivered security that augments that. You know, very easy to add that subscription. You know, and if you also are looking to connect remote workers for uh, to ensure private, secure private access to applications or to enable uh, VPN access to your corporate environment, even outside of your organic footprint, again, your software subscription, and it'll show up in your Meraki dashboard. And the nice thing that uh, we are we have also done is that we are supporting existing deployments. So if you have your existing SD WAN, you can very easily with a you know two awesome. click, you can onboard that onto SASE. Fantastic, definitely like an easy onboarding process. Mm -hmm. I know that working in support, I worked with a lot of people bringing new technology on, and they very much appreciated how Meraki makes it easy. A very uh, very easy process, just a couple of clicks and it's good to go. And I fully expect what you said, it'll be just as easy with Sassy. Mm -hmm. But so I think we have a little bit of extra time here and we have some bonus questions we wanted to ask you. So are there customers who have implemented unified Sassy with Cisco plus Secure Connect? And what does that look like for them? What outcomes have they achieved? Uh, yeah, so we, we definitely have uh, customers that are adopting uh, our unified SASE with Cisco Plus Secure Connect. Uh, I, I'm not going to go into specifics, you know, for you know all customers, but I think that the two big uh, 
areas that we are seeing customers really benefit from uh, from Secure Connect is first customers that are looking to augment their current secure SD-WAN with their MX uh, install base and and protect it for you know the secure internet access. Make sure that they're they're protecting their branches, the users that are behind branches. That's a very very easy. Um, uh, add-on customers that have uh, started that journey and looked to to get SASE there were able to accomplish most of their onboarding and uh, uh, capabilities and outcomes that they were looking to do even during the proof of value during the trial phase. You know, we had one customer that actually onboarded eighty more than eighty percent of their sites as part awesome. of the of the trial, which is pretty amazing. Uh, a few other customers wanted to make sure that they have the ability to connect users anywhere they are and allow uh, also a better disaster recovery architecture. You know, that's uh, mm -hmm. you know, one of the legal firms that uh, has been one of the early adopters of our unified SASE. You really addressed that. And they were able within a matter of a couple of weeks to allow all their uh, remote uh, workers, which are essentially lawyers that are uh, spread across multiple states, to have secure connectivity to all their corporate assets and all the resources that are behind branches, as well as securely connect the branches. So the other nice thing about the unified solution is it's not only allowing you to connect users to uh, the cloud applications, but you actually have full connectivity into your corporate environment through SD-WAN. And that's really the, the, some of the benefits that we have by Looking at this as a unified solution, we interconnect anything that uh, is attached to this fabric. There are definitely way more use cases than I had even been able to think of. When you mentioned disaster recovery, uh, I basically hit my forehead and said, why didn't I think of that? That is a very good use case, and it's fantastic to hear that people are putting it to use already. One more question, and this is actually kind of related to what's going on in the world of technology right now. So with AI being in the headlines, what role do you see AI playing in the evolution of SASE? How do you think it will change it? Well, I, and, I, and I thought we can, we, we can avoid the AI question, but I, I guess you know, AI is so pervasive. So definitely you know, AI plays a big role in our, in our life and definitely in how technology is going to evolve. The way I'm looking at at AI, I think there's two, two, two or three areas that we need to think of AI and how can we leverage AI. So first of all, you know, when we think of today's generative AI capabilities, you know, most people you know are familiar with ChatGPT and and the capabilities that that brings. I think that's one area in which we can definitely leverage generative AIs to. Uh, capture the customer intent and translate it into a more robust set of security policies. So it it, it simplifies and it allows admins to uh, um, be more effective in how they define their policies. And we can definitely leverage generative AI technologies to do that. Uh, the other area that AI plays an important role is in AI-driven security. So you're looking at you know uh, LLMs, large language models that are part of AI, and making sure that we feed more and more telemetry on that, that's coming from multiple different places allows us to more effectively identify potential vulnerabilities, new new attacks, new threats, and also optimize you know the network almost in a in a self-driving manner to to respond to that. Whether it's to push certain updates, whether it's to change different 
um, different uh, policies in order to mitigate some of those uh, those uh, attacks. That is something that we can do almost in near real time. Initially, we're not seeing customers ready to have a full self-driving experience, but AI does allow you to also you know, bubble that up and ask for uh, manual approval, but that's where AI-driven security is going to evolve. And last, and I think that's the more immediate um, uh, area that we do need to think of AI is how do we secure organizations in the era of AI? So it's not about just using AI, but it's mm -hmm. also understanding that AI is being used. And the area that this really becomes extremely important is around IP intellectual property preservation and uh, mm -hmm. contamination avoidance. You know, a lot of code that may come from regenerative from generative AIs like ChatGPT could be something that you know jeopardizes the intellectual property of the organization. It could add contamination and code that might be protected by other entities. So knowing that this is happening, intercepting this, you know, and making sure that also uh, private information does not leak by people using, by your employees using AI is where I, I think we'll see a lot of security controls start to show up um, just to deal with you know, what's here today. It can be both a great threat and a great security tool. There is definitely is a always, sword. always that, yes. Exactly. There's, uh, there's the good and the bad. Let's embrace the good. <laughs> So, Omri, you've been at Cisco for a while and you've seen a lot of technology come and go. And what I'd like to know is what do you see as the next big thing for networking and security in the next two or three years, say? Hmm. Um, so since this is going to be recorded, I'll, uh, you know, we'll definitely have to go back and see if my predictions uh, held, held true. Um, <laughs> You know, the, the way I'm thinking of it, I think there is there is a set of evolutionary things that will happen on the business side. I think from a business standpoint, we'll see more of the cloud elements uh, trickle into networking. And that's where I, you know, I believe that we'll see more and more of as a service type of capabilities um, that are offered for uh, things like SASE, things like network, things like security in the future. Uh, so more of a consumption-based approach to network as a whole. And I think that ties into uh, what I would maybe describe as an overarching narrative of network as a service in, in the modern area, era. So that's where we'll see new consumption models, new ways to transact, new ways to acquire technology without a lot of the heavy lift of owning all the assets. Uh, so I think that's gonna be the big you know, business trend, but from a technology standpoint, oh my God, we are, in a in a massive area of innovation, definitely we'll uh, you know we talked about AI and how AI is going to uh, be weaved into into secured connectivity as a whole. Uh, I think we'll see a more significant focus on privacy preserving technologies. Uh, how do we make sure that we uh, protect you know the privacy of users? Uh, and again, this is very, very important now with all the regulations, concerns of globalization and data sovereignty and privacy. So we'll see a lot of those privacy preserving technologies with, which also will affect how security can be done because we're gonna anonymize a lot of things that would go on public networks, whether it's the cloud. So that will actually force us to start looking at pushing more capabilities to the edge. And I think the, the and that ties maybe to the third trend that I think is going to be very, very important, which is the capabilities that we'll start to see 
happening at the edge, you know, with the emergence of 5G and edge computing, it will definitely revolutionize a lot of industries. You know, we're starting to see a lot of the elements that exist today with IT connecting users to applications uh, apply to OT, to operational technologies, to industries that, you know, in the IoT space, uh, which traditionally have not been connected and are now starting to be connected, you know, and there's a ton of use cases at the edge, which I think will start to unlock new ways of bringing network and security together and thinking of SASD as a framework that needs to evolve beyond just looking at users and applications and really looking at connecting different things together. Fantastic. Always good to drop a, where do you see yourself question? <laughs> so, Thank you, Omri, for chatting with us today. Omri, you truly are, I can guarantee you are a SASE expert and just a technology expert in general, and it has been an absolute privilege to talk with you today. So thank you for coming on. We very much appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, and thank you for, uh, for having me. Anytime, we'll have to see if we can have you back. We'll set a timer. And we'll go back and reference this, see if you were right, see if you were dead. Well, we got, we got to set a timer for two years and, see, uh, and, and, and check the predictions. Um, maybe change it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find a link to Omri's blog in the bio, as well as links to a few other resources about Sassy. So before I let you go, listeners, I would like you to tell us how SASE has benefited your organization so far, if you're one of those organizations that has been able to adopt it. If you're interested in SASE, tell us how you think it can benefit you and your organization in the future. We would love to hear about it. And again, we'll include the links to a few of those SASE resources in the bio and should prove quite helpful. So whatever platform you're listening to us on, be sure to leave a like or subscribe. Tell your friends about us, give us a listen, listen to the last episode with Sammy, and thank you again for listening. <laughs>